sounds of the Anteater Kingdom on 88.9 FM KUCI in Irvine. Close your eyes for a moment. Now imagine you're away from it all. Beside a crystal clear mountain stream, the cool grass crunches underfoot. Take a deep breath and drink in the sound of water cascading over the stones as birds call out from above. A real paradise like this isn't easy to come by. But it does still exist. And with your help, places like this one can last forever. You see, the Nature Conservancy works locally with communities, businesses, and people like you to preserve the most precious natural places around the world. They protect the animals that live there, the plants that grow there, and even the water. That way, this beautiful place will be beautiful forever. And we'll make sure that closing your eyes will never be the only way to get there. I'm Paul Newman. Help the Nature Conservancy save the last great places. Visit the Nature Conservancy at nature.org. That's nature.org. McGruff the Crime Dog here with my nephew Scruff. Here's the address for my new free comic activity book. Scruff McGruff, Chicago, Illinois, 60652. Scruff McGruff, Chicago, Illinois, 60652. It shows kids what to do about guns and drugs and bullies and strangers. And it's got games and puzzles, too. Write it down now. Scruff McGruff. A public service message from this station, the U.S. Department of Justice, the Crime Prevention Coalition, and the Ad Council. Why do you linger here when there is no hope? There is still hope. Tempted to think there's no hope for overcoming some of the challenges of modern life? Ask an elf. Or a hobbit. Tune in Tuesdays, 4 to 5 p.m. with Milo Lomesdown at your service and... Tani Tanuvial, the resident KUCI Middle Earth Elf. For What Would Arwen Do on KUCI Irvine, 88.9 FM, and streaming live on KUCI.org. The views and opinions expressed on this program do not necessarily represent those of KUCI its management, or the UC Board of Regents. For more information on this or other KUCI programs, visit KUCI.org or KUCITalk.org. And Michael Vannin and Sui Laid to all our elf friends. Coming up in just a few moments, a Middle Earth perspective on life. With What Would Arwen Do? This is KUCI in Irvine, Orange County's alternative radio station, and quite possibly the best radio station in the history of Middle Earth. Michael Vannin and Sui Lied 
of Friends. I am Tani Genuville, the resident KUCI Middle Earth Elf. Welcome to What Would Arwen Do? You are listening to KUCI in Irvine 88.9 FM and streaming live at KUCI.org. We're on every other Tuesday, 4 to 5 p.m. Pacific Time, alternating weeks with Phenomenal Woman. And hello to everyone that's listening both live here in Orange County and on the Internet. And to my most charming Hobbit co-host, greetings. Milo Lomsdown at your service. And greetings to everyone live here in Orange County listening at 88. Point nine on the frequency modulation dial, as well as to people listening live at KUCI.org, where our great radio station transmits 24 by 7 great, great music and public affairs programming. And to those of you who are listening to the podcast after the fact at KUCITalk.org, welcome to you and welcome to you that download us from iTunes. If you search for Arwen, that's A-R-W-E-N, in iTunes store, you will see our podcast there as well. Yes, and in case you might be tuning in for the very first time, you may be wondering what this show is all about. Well, if a Middle-Earth elf lived today in Southern California, in Irvine to be more precise, what might her life look like? How would she, as a modern elf, celebrate and support the arts, music, her community, and the preservation of Earth, its beauty, resources, and creatures? Some people like to ask, what would Jesus do? And that is a very good question. But on this program, when challenges in life arise, or as the wizard Gandalf puts it, quote, questions, questions that need answering, we like to ask, what would Arwen do? Who was Arwen, you may be wondering, in J.R.R. Tolkien's Mythology of Middle-Earth. Arwen was an elf princess, the daughter of Elrond, a prince among elves and lord of Rivendell, a magical place of healing lore and wisdom, perhaps not unlike the community here at UC Irvine. Arwen was also a beloved daughter of the universe, as are all the fair women of this celestial home called Earth or an elvish Arda. I believe Arwen understood the principle of noblesse oblige, with great privilege comes responsibility. She embodied the archetype of a true princess of the light through her courage, wisdom, beauty, her sense of humor, and her service to others. In Tolkien and the Lord of the Rings, A Guide to Middle-Earth, Colin Durias wrote, In his invented mythology of Middle-Earth, Tolkien intended that his elves were an extended metaphor of a key aspect of human nature. This, quote, elven quality in human life was a central preoccupation of Tolkien's. Elves, like dwarves, hobbits, and the like, partially represent human beings. In Tolkien's mythology, elves represent what is high and noble in humans. In particular, they represent the arts, in their highest form, work done in the image of God and his created world. So, as an elf, I believe that this elven quality exists today in every living person and yearns for expression through gifts of creativity, nobility, and service to others. So welcome again, Alinda Lee. Alin Selalum Ennumenti Elvo. A star shines on the hour of our meeting. 
I am Tani Tanuviel, and... I am Milo Longsdown, at your service. And you are listening to What Would Arwen Do on KUCI in Irvine. You know, it's coming up to June. 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 Starts tomorrow. Starts tomorrow, and that will be in June of 2000, let's see, it will, of 2005. June of 2005. Six years. Six years ago now. And you have been with me at least, what, two and a half now? How, two how years come the end of July. Okay. It's been two years almost. Not Amazing. quite. It seems like we've known each other forever. I know. It does. <laughs> it, in some ways, it seems like we've known each other really forever. And in other ways, it seems like we just started having this wonderful adventure. I mean, I can't even believe that I've been living my life as an elf, my grand experiment, uh, for since 2002. And March of 2002, which is nine years. <laughs> which is a wonderful thing. And what's wonderful is you have actually kept notes of your journey. And at some point, I, like many of your friends, <laughs> hope to see you write a book about that wonderful journey because you have recorded many wonderful things. I've been privileged to have a glimpse of them. Oh, oh well, my gosh. The, the, my adventure with the elves and with Middle Earth has transformed my life on many levels, one of which is being here at KUCI. I would not be here were it not, in a sense, for my life as an elf because that was really uh, one of the... Um, the inspirations for, I thought, you know, actually someone said to me, you know, you should come and do a public affairs show about your life as an elf. They're always looking for interesting uh, public affairs shows. And I don't know of anybody that, you know, has a life as an elf. <laughs> and that's and what makes your program so great, Tani. Is our that program. Now perhaps our program. It is but, our program. But what makes, what makes the program so great is the relevance of this mythology to the reality of our everyday lives. Yes, well, and that's for me, although I started my life as an elf as an experiment, you know, if I lived like an elf, would my life be any better, any worse, any different at all? And found, d discovered a very fun way to transform my life on very many levels. And there were times when people would say to me, well, you don't really think you're an elf, do you? And I would say, well... I have the heart of an elf, and but the thing is that it's to me it's an archetypal energy. You know the archetypes, and and through even this adventure, I've discovered some of that. You know, even according to what we just read of what that Colin Durias had written, um, the elves were metaphorical beings. You know, and and everyone it seems like in that was one of the things that I loved in discovering this whole world of Middle Earth. Each of the characters is so much um, someone we can relate to and yet on, on, on a grander scale bigger than life you know the hero's quest on so many levels you know there's Aragorn's you know his whole story and background Frodo Sam as you know the quintessential companion in life um, Arwen's story Theoden you know there's just there are so many and all of them such archetypal themes the, the father-daughter relationship between Elrond and Arwen. Yes. The collegial rep relationship between Elrond, Galadriel, and Gandalf. Yes, yes. The friendship relationship between Frodo and Bilbo, yes. and especially Sam, Frodo and Sam. So you have 
you have uncle and nephew, you have friend and friend, you have a little bit of romance with Rosie and Sam. Yes. You have a lot of, you have a little sort of ordinary low, you know, sort of romance and wedded nature, but you also have the very, very high, very chivalric romance of Arwen and Aragorn. Yes. And I think also... There's so many wonderful things to learn on so many levels. Even the whole sense of community and of coming together for a common purpose. I think we see in Middle Earth, you know, the hobbits lived in the Shire and they were kind of in their own little world. The elves generally, um, by the time of the Fourth Age, were uh, in the Third Age, were uh, in their realms, many of them had gone, you know, into the West t- uh, to Elven home, but there were still uh, certain. Uh, Strongholds, you know, that were keeping evil at bay in Rivendell, in the Havens, in Mirkwood, and in, definitely in Lothlorien. But then also seeing how when, you know, evil came and threatened to take over all the free lands, how all of these peoples kind of forgot their differences and came together for the protection of all the, you know, they, they became, instead of hobbits and dwarves and elves, uh, they became the free peoples of Middle-earth. And and really, the even though Tolkien himself really hated uh, sort of analogies being directly put into his books. Yes, he disliked allegory, but he did not. But he loved metaphor. He disliked allegory, but he loved metaphor. And certainly, when we saw the fall finally of Osama bin Laden, when we saw him finally meeting his end, one could not help but think of the fall of Baradur and the fall of yes. Gorgol's tremendous servant, Sauron. Well, whenever there is, in a sense, the fall of someone who is re- rallying so much evil force, you know, I think, you know, as we see, like, with Hitler, he wasn't just one person, he was, but he was rallying armies to, uh, you know, to have... An end that was, was, you know, was bent on enslaving, you know, all but the ones that they said should not be enslaved. So, yeah. So we and we see definitely themes of that, and of and of courage, you know, in in these books and in the movies. Which is, you know, we both are great fans of of both the movies and the books, and of course, we both are very excited that the adventure cinematically will be continuing. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. So let us take um, a few minutes. Um, we do not have a guest today. We're, we're actually going to spend a little time. The last time we met, we had talked about encouraging our listeners to try new things, to try some adventures. We're always encouraging Go our listeners. Go on adventures. And because it, it broadens us as human beings, especially when we are willing to... Um, come you know to encounter other cultures and especially for those of us that live here in america we are so many cultures that have come together and if we can embrace each other as humans rather than looking at all of our differences and seeing how that separates us but look at all the things that make us you know common um and celebrate those things we don't have to make us all vanilla or all just American, we can celebrate the Scottish festivals. We can celebrate the Israel Expos. We can celebrate 
you know, the Greek festival, the wonderful giant Greek festival that they have yearly here at UC Irvine. Uh, a lot of those things where we can go and appreciate all of these wonderful dances and the food and the things that from these different unique cultures that when we bring them all together, it just re- it just enriches our lives on so many levels. And it's a really great way to meet other people, right? Yes. Every year, the Islamic Society of Orange County has a big event where people all come together and are invited from all faiths to come in and uh, experience what Islam and Muslims are really about, as there are open house days with the Mormon church, right? You can go and visit a Mormon temple before it's consecrated, and our Mormon temple here in Newport Beach, they had an open house, and me and the Hobbit wife went to that. So oh, it's, how interesting. It, it was a tremendously yeah. moving experience to go into that house of worship. So visit houses of worship to find what other people are really like. And you'll realize that some of the stereotypes that the mass media purvey are, shall we say, not 100% accurate. Yes. Well, and it's very interesting because there are a lots, there are lots of different venues uh, and different things around where... Um, even you can go and experience some of the things without necessarily having to spend a lot of money. A lot, right. of, a lot of museums have certain days of the month that they're, that they're, they open their doors to the public, and there's no, you know, admission uh, to get in. Art exhibits very often uh, there's no charge. Um, you know, so there, there are things, and these wonderful fairs, even though generally there is an admission price, which there was uh, for the Scots Fest, um, but you're supporting, you know. The event, in the sense, it takes you know money and energy and everything to bring all these people together and to secure the, the land and everything for them to have these things on. So it's 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 a good investment. It certainly is, and and usually it's it's usually it's a quite nominal charge and right. many many times free. Right, and and, and sometimes you even get some snacks. For kids and discounts for there seem to be always be discount for kids and, <laughs> and seniors, seniors and, and yes. students and yeah, so. Um, so yeah, so we're going to have some adventure reports today, and we're going to share some some of the music and fun, some adventure report, reports from Scott's Fest and from some of your movie adventures. Oh yes. But first, since we are such great lovers of the movies, let's play a little Hobbit music, just a little tiny thing to get us in the mood, and then we'll have some uh, Hobbit movie updates. Okay. So let's play a little music today, Hobbit music from the original soundtrack of The Lord of the Rings. This is Howard Shore's Academy Award winning music. It's amazing. What Howard Shore achieved is amazing, moving, beautiful, tuneful, happy, (laughs) and in some sense deep as well. Yes. And of course, well, this is from the original soundtrack, and there is even more wonderful Hobbit music and other types of music in uh, the extended um, 
the extended, what do they call the, uh, I'm the complete recordings, the complete recordings <laughs> which has not only this music, but uh, other music from Bag End and the wonderful Hobbit dance where oh Sam gosh. and Rosie dance, which was in the movie and which I was so disappointed when the soundtrack ha- came out. I said, how could they not have the Hobbit dance music on it? But it's in the complete recordings. <laughs> so, so are. let's move into, do you have Dear Hobbit. In fact, let's just say again, uh, hello to all of our friends who might be listening. A special hello and shout out to our friends lis- who may be listening from uh, Tolkien Online, theonering.com. And from people li- listening live uh, over the internet. I know I have one fan in Toronto, Canada. Did you want to say a special buddy. hello to anyone? Hello, Martin. Oh, hello, Martin. <laughs> and hello to Ro. And anyone, especially who may be listening from, from Torque. And also... Um, the other thing I wanted, there was something else that I wanted to mention about that, but um, I can't remember. But in case you are just tuning in, we are uh, KUCI in Irvine 88.9 FM and streaming live at KUCI.org. And this is What Would Arwen Do on Every Other Tuesday. So we have, you have, news for us about the Hobbit movies. Oh my gosh, there's such big news. So this is like within the last two weeks, more new, more wonderful things going on? Oh yes, this just came out, this just came out a day ago, basically. Oh, really? And so I'm going to read the news release. Okay. The press release. Official film titles announced. <gasps> oh, oh. The, the titles have been confirmed. And there is the logo, which I printed out in color for you, The oh. Hobbit, and the, the continuation of the title, very much An Unexpected Journey. Oh, say that one more time. Okay, the so. Hobbit, An Unexpected Journey. So here goes the press release. Right smack dab in the middle of the Memorial Day holiday in the U.S., Warner Brothers has announced the official titles for the two upcoming Hobbit movies. They are, quote, The Hobbit, An Unexpected Journey, in 2012, and, quote, The Hobbit, There and Back Again, in December of 2013. Perfect titles, perfect. But do you think when the movies come out, it'll probably say The Hobbit 1? You know, because obviously in the theaters, they can't put that whole long title up. They will put that whole long title up. But not on the marquee, it doesn't fit. It will be, oh, that's a good point, on the marquee outside theaters, it'll probably just say Hobbit PT1. And yeah. then the year okay. later, Hobbit yeah. PT2. PT2. Okay, gotcha. Right. Okay. But the posters, all of the stuff released by the studio will oh, have the full posters. title. Posters, we have posters to look forward to. <laughs> First film has now officially been definitely pegged at December the 14th, 2012. And The okay. Hobbit There and Back Again, the second film, will be released on December 13th, 2013. Now, is that, a, is that like a Friday night is that one of those Friday night things? That is a good question, Elf Princess. I have Ooh. not checked my calendar. Oh, my goodness. Well, you keep talking, about, uh, I will and keep, I will look. I will keep reading the press release, and, and you will let me know what days of the week those are. Traditionally, films are released in this country on a Friday, but sometimes in holiday periods, they'll actually open on a Wednesday. In any case, New Line Cinema announces that Warner Brother Pictures and MGM have announced the titles and release dates for Peter Jackson's two-film adaptation of J.R.R. Tolkien's enduringly popular masterpiece, The Hobbit. The first film, entitled The Hobbit, An Unexpected Journey, will be released on December 14, 2012. The second film, titled The Hobbit, There and Back Again, is slated for release the following year on December 13, 2013. 
Both films are set in Middle-earth 60 years before Tolkien's The Lord of the Rings, which Jackson and his filmmaking team brought to the big screen in the blockbuster trilogy that culminated with the 11 Oscar-winning The Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King. In The Hobbit, we follow the journey of the title character Bilbo Baggins, who is swept into an epic quest to reclaim the lost dwarf kingdom of Erebor from the fearsome dragon Smaug. Under Jackson's direction, both movies are being shot consecutively in digital 3D using the latest camera and stereo technology. And by the way, Elf Princess, that is from the Red Epic system here, made here in Orange County. Really? I actually have a friend of mine who is consulting to them in the computer area. <laughs> oh, wow. Does it, so does he kind of give you a little... He cannot. He cannot. He, he, he was cannot. only able to tell me he was doing some work for them. He could not tell me anything except anything? he was doing wow. some work for them. <laughs> wow. Everything is it's totally like, secret. Yeah. Let me continue with the press release. It's yes. so wonderful. Filming is taking place at Stone Street Studios, Wellington, New Zealand, and on location around New Zealand. Ian McKellen returns as Gandalf the Grey, the character he played in the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Martin Freeman, who just won a British Academy TV Award for Best Supporting Actor in the BBC series Sherlock, and he was fabulous in that, Elf Princess. Let me tell you, as Dr. Watson, he was tremendous. He takes on the central role of Bilbo Baggins. Also reprising their roles from the Lord of the Rings movies are Kate Blanchett as Galadriel, Ian Holm as the elder Bilbo, Christopher Lee as Saruman, Hugo Weaving as Elrond, Elijah Wood as Frodo, and Andy Serkis as Gollum. And by the way, Andy Serkis is also serving as second unit director. The press release continues that the cast also now, includes a host of other people. Now, did did we make a? Did you ex, um, extrapolate? Did you talk a little bit last time about uh, what that means for Andy Serkis to be the director? It means director? that his career as a filmmaker will take off <laughs> like Zoom, right? Yes. And so, as an actor, he's very good. He's an award-winning actor too on stage, in in other things, right? He uh, never really got a big award for his performance in Smaug because it was a special digital human hybrid. And you mean right, as Gollum? As Gollum. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so excited. I know. There's so much we news. So this it. is the big news, right? Okay. But there's other news. Okay. Orlando Bloom has officially been confirmed by Peter Jackson Yay. on his Facebook page on May 27th. And Peter Jackson writes, quote, Ten years ago, Orlando Bloom created an iconic character with a portrayal of Legolas. I'm excited to announce today that we'll be revisiting Middle-earth with him once more. I'm thrilled to be working with Orlando again. Funny thing is, I look older, and he doesn't. I guess that's why he makes such a wonderful elf, end quote. Yes. The casting news continues. The star of Sherlock, Benedict Cumberbatch, has been set for a Hobbit role. Sherlock star Benedict Cumberbatch has landed a role in The Hobbit. His Sherlock co-star Martin Freeman says, now Martin Freeman plays Bilbo, the mm-hmm. star of The Hobbit. Right. In the Sherlock TV movies, Martin Freeman plays Dr. Watson, and Benedict Cumberbatch plays Sherlock Holmes and plays ah. him very, very, very well. So that's one of the reasons why Sherlock picked up the best drama TV series from the British Academy. The equivalent of our Oscars, but it's in Great Britain. So the series Sherlock picked up the prize for Best Drama, and Freeman got Best Supporting Actor. Unfortunately, Benedict did not get Best Actor for Sherlock because he was up against some incredibly tough competition. I mean, he was just, you know. Asked about his role in The Hobbit, Cumberbatch remained tight-lipped. 
I can't say at the moment, thank you very much. <laughs> and Martin Freeman later said, I knew I was sort of a big mouth, but I didn't realize to what extent I was a big mouth, mouth and I've just ruined everything. I might not actually go back to a job. They might have just sacked me. <laughs> so we don't know what role that person is playing? No, tight-lipped, tight-lipped. Oh. We still don't know who's going to be the voice of Smaug. Could That's be Benedict right. Cumberbatch. The rumors in the rumor mill are saying the great actor Leonard Nimoy, who is famous as Mr. Yes. Spock from from the Star Trek movies, but is a great actor on stage as well, I can tell you. But more. There's more. Oh, Wait. There's more. Peter Jackson on May 18th, just after our last program, yes. Elf Princess, announced this. This is unbelievable. Peter Jackson announced via Facebook that he has cast Stephen Fry as the master of Lake Town. From, oh. from Jackson's comments, it sounds like he and Fry are still working on the Dam Busters film. Quote, in addition to his writing skills, which he's well known for, he's a terrific actor and will create a very memorable master of Lake Town for us. So this is really great news. Stephen Fry is a great writer, but he's also a fine actor. Did you see Four Weddings and a Funeral? You know what, I didn't, and and everybody on the planet keeps telling me, because I love romantic comedy things, that I need to see that. They don't have it at the library, and I don't have Netflix, but one of these days I'll get to see Four Weddings and a Funeral. But wait, there's more news. There's more. It's unbelievable. I'm hoping, I'm waiting for you to get to my favorite one, which I I did know about, but but I'm so excited. I can't wait for you. Okay, go. (laughs) Well, why don't you share with us? Because you were excited. Go ahead. Well, is it the news about Figwit? Oh. Did you forget to do that? I <laughs> didn't include it in my notes. You so didn't you, include it with your notes? Okay. Oh, my gosh. If you go, I forgot I to put it in I my notes. I can't remember which website. I think it might have been Peter Jackson's. But in the Lord of the Rings movies, there is an elf there. And you really only see him uh, for a moment. It's actually in, I think it's in the Two Towers, where Arwen... Um, Elrond tells, you know, Arwen convinces her to leave, which that never actually happens in the books. But she's, you know, with a a group that's going west, and she's on her steed, and she has a vision of seeing her and Aragorn's, of of seeing this child running through the field, through the ferns. And then she, and she turns aside and this beautiful elf says my lady you know something to the effect we must we you know we cannot tarry and it's um this beautiful elf with this dark hair and he was uh i guess kind of nicknamed figwit which it says it's like what that it's like it's which is an acronym is for frodo is great Who's who is this? Frodo is great. Who is this? And so they called him Figwit because nobody knew who he was. Right, right. But right. all the fan, you know, all the girls and all the, you know, everybody who loves the beautiful elves was going crazy. But who is yeah. this elf? Wow. He is going to be. I can't remember what it said that his role is, but it's a pretty significant role. He's apparently a very known. He's actually a comedian uh, and a very well known comedian and actor in um, where New Zealand. And he's going to be having, anyway, he's going to be having a role in the movie, obviously, as an elf. Right, right, right. And I saw that announcement, but it was so blown away by these other pieces of news. That, <laughs> and here uh, I am sitting here waiting oh for my, my favorite piece of, of elf news. Okay, so to go on to your next piece okay, of news. Okay, so this is now for those of us that live in Southern California. Oh. We have read with envy about the concerts in New York City at Radio City Music Hall. Uh-huh. Well... 
On October 15, 2011, the Pacific Chorale and the Munich Symphony will perform Howard Shore's entire score for Fellowship of the Ring live at the Honda Center in Anaheim, California, which is about 20 minutes from here. Oh, my gosh. This was confirmed by Timothy Mangan, who is music critic for the Orange County Register, our local newspaper here. Oh, we must go. So there have been rumors about this that I didn't want to speak of before Elf Princess because they were just rumors. But it's now been confirmed by Timothy Mangan. So put it down on your calendar. October 15th, we have no other data. There's nothing on any website. October 15th? I actually had to call Timothy Mangan myself. (laughs) Wow. So October 15th is the performance. We have no data on website. We have no data. The Honda Center has nothing. The Munich Symphony website has nothing. The Pacific Corral website has nothing. Wow. But we will be there. (laughs) We will be there. So So, it's on my calendar. I hope it's on yours. Yes, it's on my my calendar now. So what did you say the actual uh, thing that they're performing is? It's the thing that was performed most recently at Radio City Music Hall. Okay. Howard Shore's score for Fellowship of the Ring live at Honda okay. Center with Fellowship. the film being projected basically behind. So oh basically gosh. what they've done is they've removed the music score. They've left in the voice score and the special effects uh, track. The special effects track and the, the dialogue track is in, but the music score removed so you can hear it live. Seeing the movie with live music. Wow. That is just going to be amazing. We have to go. We have to get really good tickets. (laughs) Well, The Hobbit is at your service, Elf Princess. And I I have many little flags, you know, in this newfangled thing they call the Internet. Right. You can sign up for automatic notifications on various things. And I have. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. That's going to be. Well, That I will say, at least we do have something wonderful that we should probably let our friends as especially in Southern California, but I think you may have mentioned that this was something of a nationwide oh, event that's going on. Two right weeks now from in, today. Right now, in, uh, yes. in uh, coming in June. Uh, Throughout the United States. Who, who love the movies. Um, what is it that's going on? The extended editions are going to be projected in movie theaters across the country. One time only, one day only. The extended Fellowship of the Ring on Tuesday, June the 14th, the extended edition version of The Two Towers, projected one time, one day only, on Tuesday, June the 21st. And then the 11 Academy Award winning Return of the King on Tuesday, June the 28th. One time during that day, one time only that day only. And so we're very excited because two weeks from tonight, we will be doing the show. We will do the program and, and then we will then we skedaddle. we will be skedaddling off. So maybe we should, we should probably do something very specific to the films for that particular um, program. Just, I think so. Yeah, I think it would be really fun. Maybe something about the music or who knows. But we will have a very special show in two weeks as we run off for a Middle Earth adventure of getting to see the extended versions on the big screen on the big screen with which i have to say one of the things that is always so fun about that is when you get to see it with a whole bunch of other geeky people so it's not like just going to see the movies in the theaters where you know different people just go like oh you know what is this let's go see the there is a common bond for those of us standing in this line we are all going to be lovers of lord of the rings and there'll be young folks there there'll be older folks there and we're going to be having lots of fun talking in line, singing in line. Yes. We're going to be reminiscing about things we've seen. 
Oh, my gosh. It's going to be fun. It's going to be great. So, uh, but you may want, is there a website or something that people can uh, go to or Google or something to find out if there's something in their area? Right. In order to find out where it is in your area, probably the easiest thing to do is to say Tolkien, June 14, 2011. Oh, okay. I would say Tolkien, June 14, 2011. And that should bring you. Now, wow. certainly the website that I generally hang around is the one ring dot net. Yeah. Torn. The one ring dot net. And that certainly has posted the information and links there as well. Yes. Well, I did Google that. Well, actually, I went on something that wasn't ex- exactly Google. It says the Northeast Illinois J.R. Tolkien Lord of the Rings meetup. So they have, oh, there might be, we need to find out if there's meetup groups for these things. That would be really... Oh, wow. <laughs> it's only two weeks away. So anyway... So that's it for the movie news, oh, Princess. Was that good news. enough for this week? That is. And uh, my goodness, <laughs> look at where the time goes. Uh, oh, you have an adventure report well, that I've have, been dying to hear. We have adventure reports and we have some special music to share with our listeners. If you are just tuning in, this is KUCI in Irvine, Orange County's alternative radio station and broadcasting live at KUCI.org. And just a reminder that the views and opinions expressed... Here are those of the elf host and her Hobbit co-host and do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of UCI, KUCI, or the UC Board of Regents. Because we are broadcasting live from the University of California at Irvine. Yes, and we're very grateful to be here. We're on campus. (laughs) Students all around us. Students all around us. And uh, and also coming to the end of the quarter pretty soon. So I know a lot of uh, students and people are studying for finals. So we wish them the best, best, best of luck. And... um, you know, it's always it's always a little bit of a crunch time around here because there we have a wonderful bunch of students that have radio shows and so um, so knowledgeable, yeah, so and good, good people, good broadcasters. So in case you do tune in and you're on your favorite show, there just happens to be a DJ or so, uh, a substitute DJ. It's probably because your favorite student DJ is studying or taking finals. So visit our website and make sure that you come back. <laughs> Please do. So, because we're all volunteers here and we all love to support each other in whatever our life adventures are, whether it's uh, having our shows, helping each other, you know, training interns and new people for new shows, right. or filling in for each other sometimes when it's finals week. Right. Uh, so, But last, you had an adventure. I had an adventure last Sunday, and I think we mentioned this a couple of weeks ago when we had our last show. Yes, we uh, did. We talked about... Um, encourage people to maybe visit the Israel Expo and also Scott's Fest, which was, in fact, last uh, Saturday and Sunday, Memorial Day weekend, at the Orange County Fairgrounds. And Ro, the archeress, uh, came up and spent uh, the weekend with me. And so we had lots of fun just catching up on our elf and shield maiden adventures. And Sunday we went to the Scott's Fest, and we were not disappointed. It was Giant! It had so many things going. They had a whole row, a uh, long row of probably 30 different, no, more than 30, 30, 40, something like that, booths of all these different Scottish clans. Wow. So if you know what clan you were or you knew, of some, you could go actually to the booth for that clan. So they have their own shield of arms. They have their own um, 
uh, what's that plan? Their coat thing? of arms, and they have their own tartan. They have their own tartan, and you know, you get information about them, and if they meet locally and everything. So, like thirty or forty of those. Wonderful. There were there was a whole pavilion that was devoted to the uh, Scottish Highland dancing, and I believe they actually had a competition that day. So there were awards for all of these uh, young dancers in traditional Scottish costumes, Wonderful. dancing all day. And there were several stages with entertainment going on. Well, let me ask, as a hobbit, you know, I like to eat four or five, six oh, times a day when I can. Yes. Was there any food there? There was food there. There was there were booths with uh, fish and chips. Mm. There were meat pies. Yummy. And uh, there were people walking around uh, chewing on uh, ears of corn, you know, that were obviously grilled out there, ears of corn and... Um, yeah, there were a whole pavilion what about of shortbread. Oh, there was lots of shortbread. Ah, wonderful. <laughs> there was lots of shortbread, and um, I'm trying to think, there was something. There was something else that I kept seeing everywhere. But uh, yeah, lots of lots of wonderful um, European Celtic kind of food and vendors. There we had they had a whole pavilion. Of, they had vendors outside, but they also had a whole pavilion again of inside of vendors with everything from um, these. I mean, they, they had really cute T-shirts with fairies and Celtic designs on them. Lots of jewelry. Uh, they had the uh, ancestry people were there. You could actually look through these large books and find names of your relatives and their last names, and they right there on the premises for not very much. Um, would look it up and print it out for you with that family name's coat of arms and history. Wonderful. I mean, the books were thicker, like, you know, like three inches thick of just names that you could go through, you know, like I found uh, Jones and Parkhurst and Sanders. And uh, so, you know, things like that. They had uh, swords. In fact, Roe got herself. She's been on the hunt uh, recently for a sword. And she found a sword that completely resonated with her. I stayed away from the sword booth this time because i that's my weakness. Um, I love those shiny, pointy, sharp um so are these weapons. swords like they're are they real like swords. real swords like with edges and like yes. sharp and metal she and got stuff? Herself a very nice Viking sword. Uh, showed you know showed how it was tempered. It had in fact we ran into as we were walking around a, a, a lovely young man stopped and said, "Oh, you got a Viking sword? Do you know about that?" And Rose said, "Well, I know some things about it." And so he gave her a whole additional background and information on her Viking sword and the way that the metal was. Um, folded and all of this in order for it to be tempered properly because it has a dark, it's not like uh, most swords are shiny bright metal. This has a like a darkish cast to it. And uh, It's amazing the people, if you just take a little time to leave your television set and go out <laughs> on adventures, Yes, I can tell our listeners, it's, it's amazing the people that you can meet wherever you are. Certainly here in Southern California, I've met some amazing people. But and when I lived in Cleveland, Ohio, I met amazing people. Yes. And you just get outside and you wander around and, and you're, there's music. There was music going on so many different places. And look at this cute little thing I got. These are elf ears. Oh, my gosh. That someone makes. And you just hook them right on your ear. Put like, it on your real okay, ear. Like this. The elf princess takes off her headphones and puts on an elf ear. And, oh, my gosh, she looks even more elvish. Yeah. It's amazing. 
It fits on like that. So anyway, it's very cute, very clever. I'm not sure what they made these out of. It's, I think it's actually a type of leather that just wraps around your ear and extends the top tip of your ear up. So I had these. I got this darling little um, headdress. Excellent. There, a beautiful elvish headdress. And and it is beautiful. It is it is so elvish. And very reasonable. I mean, where are you going to find headdresses around in your local uh, boutiques and, and elf ears? And this, I thought these, I've seen lots of different types of prosthetics that you have to apply with uh, glue and stuff. And I just thought these were very clever, very fun, and they just kind of loop right over your ear. There was music. In fact, uh, my dear friends, Bad Haggis. Bad Haggis is a kind of a Celtic rock and roll fusion band that has actually, they performed here at KUCI. The first year that I was here, and it was actually within a few few months of my first show, I met them at the um, Irish Fair, which is coming up in just a few weeks, down at Irvine Meadows, invited them. They came on with the whole ba- band. Eric Riggler is part of Bad Haggis. Oh Eric my gosh. Riggler is the is the most recorded bagpiper in the world. He's the guy who Brilliant. did the bagpipers for Titanic, uh, Cinderella Man, and he's just amazing. And in fact, I think we'll play a little bit of their music. Let's do. Let's do. <clears throat> they were on one of the stages. Uh, there was also Brother Music, and it was very funny because just as I got there and Brother Music was coming on. Uh, they had just followed Bad Haggis. Now, what did I do with their music? Here we go. And so, we won't play the theme from Titanic because that That's, one... That one's... Everyone's a, heard. Yeah, and it's wonderful, but it's it's a little slow. So, this one is one of the songs from... And the musicians all have their own gigs going on, too. But they come together every so often as Bad Haggis... And so we're going to hear a song called Water Church, or a good, at least a good part of it. This is Bad Haggis, and this is from the, they were at the Scots Fest. So again, this is a way to go out and just get some fresh air, sunshine, Here's some music food. you can only hear on KUCI-FM <laughs> Irvine. Here is Bad Haggis. was Bad Haggis and with the bagpipes there by Eric Riggler. So they were I am Elasi. <laughs> yeah, they are a rockin' they are a rockin' band and I have to say one of the things that was so wonderful at the uh Scots Fest too were they throughout the day they had these different bands mar- marching with some of them had like uh ten bagpipers walking and and piping together and i would just follow along because it's so amazing to hear bagpipes live oh my my college roommate when i was a freshman in college was a bagpiper remember him well doyle watts very very smart guy but he played the bagpipes and usually he just he just practiced with the pipe element which was very quiet but a few times he put on the full bag set for me and played it there in our dorm room and oh my gosh heavenly 
and very stirring and moving and really overpowering in its richness. Yeah, I think the bagpipes are one of those instruments very similar sometimes to the drums and also the harp that um, it's so different when you actually are right in the presence of it feeling that the vibration that goes through the air right. that's so powerful when right. you are with the, the music, the, the instruments live. So um, I also want to play a little bit the Los Angeles Fifes and Drums. I got to sit in at uh, their performance for about a half an hour. They very generously donated one of their CDs to us. Wonderful. And thank yeah, you, thank this, you, thank you. Yes, and these are... Um, let's. Would you just read that first paragraph? Yes. And we're going to play a, li- a little bit that just... Gives, they give a little intro, and they're going to play a little bit of the fifes and drums from the Los Angeles Fifes and Drums, which is a... Right. The Los Angeles Fifes and Drums is an organization made up of professional-level musicians located in the greater Los Angeles metropolitan area. This group is fortunate to have members that have many years of experience on their particular instruments playing this style of music. If you have an interest in this kind of music and in learning to play it, please contact, contact us as we are preparing classes for interested students of all ages. And by the way... They have, they have various email addresses and so forth. I guess probably the easiest one is bwcurtis at pacbell.net. And you can send an email to Ben Curtis there and ask for more information. And there is a website called www.losangelesfifesanddrums. So it's all words spelled out. And fifes is F-I-F-E-S. So losangelesfifesanddrums.org. There you are. So let's hear a little bit let's from, hear the, some of this from great the guys. Music. Yeah, great. This is KCI in Irvine. The Los Angeles Fice and Drums was formed in 2009. That is to say the Corps was revived at that time. The group started in 1905 when Civil War veterans would meet at conventions commemorating the preservation of our National Union. These were, of course, Union Army veterans who had fought in what had been known as the Grand Army of the Republic, or GAR. At that time, Los Angeles was a very small town, and the formation of this group was a welcome addition to the community. Many stories and photographs attest to their performances throughout this great country and what a great thing they were celebrating, a house no longer divided. It's it's just amazing how the how the bab, bagpipe music and this <laughs> fife and drum music. I mean, it's uh, it's so reminiscent of really really ancient music. Yeah. Well, the thing that's so wonderful about going to events like this and similar types of events is it just you know it just takes you outside of your everyday thing of it's a going big to stress soccer reliever. games, going to television, you know, watching the television, going to soccer games, and you know just the things that we do on an everyday basis. Even even a lot of our recreational things get to be kind of routine, and this kind of just gets you out of your element, lets you think a little different, uh, realize that there's lots of other people out there. 
around the world that have different types of things, uh, gifts to share and things to say. And What a wonderful gift to give your children. Assuming oh, you have yes. children or grandchildren or nieces or nephews, take them out of the house. Rip them away from their PlayStation <laughs> machines and their Xboxes and have them meet real people in real environments and be somewhat connected to the history of humankind. Yeah. Well, and uh, speaking of children, it was wonderful. They had all kinds of events uh, going on for kids, sack races and uh just lots of different things for the children to do. There was a guy there. Um, he has a wonderful website. I'm hoping I can entice him to come on the show at some point. His name is Peter. He is the creator of these wonderful three-dimensional castles that you made out of make out of blocks. And it, his website is the blocksmith, the village blocksmith dot com, the village blocksmith. And so he had like several of these little stations set up where the kids could go and build their own castles, and they had turrets and you know all kinds of. I mean, not just a regular like Lego kind of building blocks. These were made out of they're made out of some type of uh, wonderful hard wood, uh-huh. and you stack up the blocks and make these castles with little bridges and all kinds of things. So wonderful, things like that. wonderful. And we are almost to the well, end we have. Of our to announce the Irish thing coming up. We already mentioned it, but do you have any details on it? Well, I think that I do. It is uh, coming up in just a few weeks, and it's... It's in Irvine, isn't it? It is in Irvine, and I believe it's at the Irvine Meadows, and... Let's see. Um, oh, let me make sure that I get the right one because sometimes there are there are various ones. This one, I, it's in the past just been called the Irish Fair, but it, sometimes oh, Orange County. I guess folks could get on Google <laughs> yes, and look just, for, just look for the Irish Fair. This one, when I'm on this website, this just looks. Well, this might be the one. It's in June, right? It's in June. Um, it is in June. I because I talked to uh, guys that were uh, at the Scots Fest that were going to be at the Irish Fair. There's just um, no. I'm sorry. This one is in the Irish Fair of Minnesota. <laughs> so wherever you're listening to us from, and we know that we have listeners as far away for sure as Toronto right. and North Carolina, Florida where my sister lives, uh, we know that we have listeners internationally. Wherever you are, you'll find a Scottish fair or an Irish fair. Yeah, I think actually if you just do the uh, Irish fair um, Irvine, okay, here we go. Irish fair Irvine, I believe it is, and it's, uh, no, I don't know. It is it is coming up. It's coming up. So <laughs> We're having a it. little glitch with our website here. But it's coming up in just a few weeks right here in Southern California. And again, it's a lovely way. I know at that one, they have lots of great music. And they even have the um, the sheep herding. So they have the sheep dogs and the little herds of little sheep out there. Oh, and they, that's and they have so like cute. little contests for, you know, which sheep dog can herd the little sheep across the meadow fast and, you know, the fastest. I mean, they're just in little, like, valleys. It's very cute. Wonderful ki- for kids of all ages. Yes, a full family event, and it's generally all day long at the uh, Irvine Meadows. So, but that's going to just about wrap it up for us. Uh, we well, always have so many adventures and things going on, and, you know, there's this lots of things This is the official end of What Would Arwen Do for May 31st, 2011, but due to a programming idiosyncrasy (laughs) there'll be another hour of us live in just a couple of minutes yes so if you are listening uh here uh through the internet or through um uh listening live 
we will be this show will be up on podcast in a couple of days. The show that, but we are going to stick around and play some music and things which we can't put up on podcast, but we can certainly play. So we'll be sharing some music from Middle Earth, some readings from Middle Earth, uh, some um, playing some recordings of the Professor and of Howard Shore's magnificent music. So please and stay with us. Talking about a couple of books. And a couple of books. Uh, so in that next hour from 5 to 6 here on KUCI. So let's uh, hear from my friend Colette. Colette Aubrey of Colette Aubrey and the Shanti Soldiers, who so graciously years ago recorded Into the West, and then we will transition. So I guess we'll have to say Namaria to our friends until two weeks. We do have... Um, well, we'll wait and see. You know, we, it, it, there's a possibility that Two we weeks might from now, we may have some announcements. About the frequency of the show, which we'll see. So, this is KCI in Irvine. And until we meet again, Nalan Salalum and Amentielvo, go out, give each other a big hug and a kiss right on the mouth. <laughs> I know you always shake your head. But kissing is good. Hugging we, is good. We need to kissing hug each other. Is, we need to kiss each other. Kissing is different. You know, you know, we need we need to we need to show our affection to each other. It's wonderful. I mean, you don't have to kiss on the mouth, I guess, if you don't want to, but Thank at least you. on the cheek. At least on the cheek. <laughs> this is KCI in Irvine, Orange County's alternative radio station, and quite possibly the best radio station in the history of the universe. <laughs>